0: Good morning, I want to welcome you. My name is David, I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, thank you for joining with us. Those of you watching at home, uh, thank you for joining in with us. Uh, before I get into the message, just a few things. Number one, um, um, Haley uh, has a birthday today. I'm not going to say how old she is, but... Uh, her and my wife share a birthday. Um, they're both the same age, 29. So, um, uh, but uh, happy birthday to them. Uh, I- If you've been been here, you know we've been telling you about the education building. We're uh, uh, we're continuing to wait for the carpet to come in so that we can replace that. It's nobody's fault. It's just the supply issue that we have. Uh, When it comes, we'll take care of it. Uh, But there's nothing we can do. So you can get mad all you want, but there's nothing you can do about it. Um, uh, So thank you for that. A couple Sundays from now, the 30th, the end of January, uh, as sort of a summation for this series we're in, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna do special schedule that morning. Uh, 8.30 and 10.30 worship are gonna combine, uh, for both of our worship service, for all of our worship services are gonna take place 8.30 and 10.30 in the sanctuary. Uh, Haley and Spencer are working together with music. They're gonna be combined worship. And then 9.30, uh, we're doing a mission ministry fair in the in the uh, fellowship hall. And the idea behind that is I've been here for five years and there's still things that we talk about at staff that I'm like, I had no idea we did that. Uh, because there's a breadth of ministry and offering that we do here and uh we've got a lot of new folks in our congregation and even if you've been here for a while you may not be aware of the various ministries we have and so we want to help you to understand and see what's available in the church outside of the church and then along with this series we're talking about submitting uh to God and the mission is comes in our submission of our time, talents and treasures. Uh so uh w- Part of that is uh, for those things that you see that you would like to be a part of to give you a chance to get information and get signed up to help with those. We'll have breakfast over there, uh, uh, breakfast tacos, donuts, all that kind of stuff. So I hope you'll uh, uh, join us uh, for that. Uh, Last thing, uh, tonight we start, uh, this afternoon, 4.30, we start our confirmation class. If you got kids that age, that's eighth grade in this church uh eighth grade we're starting tonight four thirty We'll be in the fellowship hall. I've uh, got a few uh weeks of instruction for them. This is uh, that time uh, that we teach them some basics about Christianity, give them the chance to to own it for themselves. We'll do confirmation sunday in in May, and so if you have kids that age. Even if you haven't been signed up, come join us tonight. Uh, if you haven't, pray with us. This is an important time in their life and a port- important stage for them. So we ask you to be in prayer uh, for them as we go through that. So as I said, we're in a new series. We started last week. It's called Submission Sub is in brackets because uh, of uh, the way sort of we work it, with the understanding of this concept. Mission we're comfortable with, the Great Commission, the mission of the church, the mission statement of the church, mission trips, mission planning, mission projects, mission giving, uh, accomplishing the mission, going and being missional. We, We love the idea of mission, but a Christian concept of mission can't happen without adding sub to it. You cannot accomplish the mission of Christ without submitting yourself to the authority of Christ. In your own power, in your own strength, in your own understanding, in your own likes, and your own dislikes, none of that is going to accomplish the mission of God. A, the idea of Christianity is a series of decisions and choices, a willful giving over of who I am for who God wants me to be. A move from what I want into what God wants to do in the midst of the kingdom of heaven. Not my way, but His way. It's no longer my life, but it belongs to God. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. If you want to be the the most in the kingdom, you must be the least. If you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. Over and over and over, the teaching of Scripture tells us that in order to be in step with what God wants for us, there must be a submission. And this is what the whole idea of conversion is. It it is a choice. It is a decision. We talk a lot about God does all the work in that, and the whole idea that we have the ability to make a choice to be friends with God is grace. We don't deserve that at all. There's nothing you could do to earn that. That's something He freely gives. But in response to that free gift, there is a responsibility for us to choose whether to live into it or to live unto ourselves. And too often, especially in modern day Christianity, too often we have accepted a perversion, perverted version of Christianity that says, I know Jesus, therefore I can do whatever I want and as long as I know my Bible and I can say I, I said the magic prayer, I'm, 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 I'm good with God. That's not true. Because you can't say you belong to God if you're not submitted to Him. God loves you just the way you are. He'll take you just the way you are. He'll, he'll, he'll accept his scars and all, but he's, he, his, his grace doesn't want you to stay where you are. There is a plan He has for you. There's a a higher purpose and calling that He has for you. That that DNA that carries His image that He created us with, that He shaped us and molded us in our mother's womb, that the plans that He has for us, they're greater than who we were before God. It's an exchange. It's, It's a transaction. God, I give You my life. And in giving you my life, that means I, I, I step out of the driver's seat. It's, it's not my life. It belongs to you. This covenant prayer we've been praying. It's no longer my life, but thine. You don't have it by memory yet. I can tell. It's no longer mine, but thine. It, it's not, it doesn't belong to me. It belongs, it, and it never did belong to me. Let's just be honest. This is part of the de- deception of the human mind. We, we think we're our own authority, but you, you couldn't have made yourself. And it wasn't simple biology that made you. You are a creation of God. Even your very life is a gift of God. And at some point, all of nature will point to the truth and every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. In the meantime, you can deceive yourself into thinking you're autonomous, but you're not. So our decision is, are we going to submit to the authority of God or are we going to continue to live life on our own terms and and code it with Christian language to make us feel better and to look to the world as if we're more than we really are? That's where we're headed today. Submission. It's, it's 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 a word we don't like in our in our culture, and we talked about this last week. A lot of it is because of the secular view of of, of submission and the way the world practices it. In which a power, authority figure lords over those under him to hold them down and to push them down, and that's how we see submission, like a a slave with his master. The slave is oppressed by the master, and 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 the submission is not by choice. It's for survival. And so, as we think about submission or becoming a slave for God, that that just it's hard to resonate in our heads. But as we talked about last week, Christian submission is not that. Christian submission is not a belittling of the person. Christian submission is a submitting to a good God who has the best plans for us and the best ideals for us that in our submission doesn't push us down but raises us up to help us to become more than we could have been on our own. That our submission doesn't subvert things from our life but it opens us to things that God has for us. Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, I came to give you life and give it to you abundantly. This is what submission does for us. But the big eye in our, in our mind, the big ego, the, the human nature, the human spirit, the sinful nature, what, the carnal nature, the, the natural way of thinking, whatever way you want to put it, that human reasoning constantly fights against that. As I've talked about submission to God and how that's good for us, I'm sure, I doubt there's one person in here who had any problem with that. There's not one person who's like, ah, that's stupid submitting to God. Every one of us can give a sit to that concept. And so if it was just as easy as saying it and agreeing to it, then we'd all be doing it. But the fact is,
1: we don't. Why? Why is it such a battle?
0: Because submission is a choice. It's a process. Christianity is not magic. It doesn't change us the instant we give ourselves over. It's a process and a journey. It's a a series of decisions. It's a series of choices. It's a day-by-day, moment-by-moment, minute-by-minute, second-by-second, giving ourselves over to God. Choosing not my way, but His way. And if it was easy, like I said, I mean, let's take religion out of it. We don't make good choices. I, just put your, put your skepticism aside for just a moment. Be honest with yourself. You have been You have given yourself permission to do every stupid decision you ever chose to do. Right, you did it's somewhere in your mind.
1: it doesn't matter what it was. you thought, yeah, this will work. This will
0: be good, right. We don't make good choices, and so it's it's got to be something more than willpower. it's got to be something more than just just Trying harder, which is which is why so many folks end up turning away from the church. Because if you don't get what we're going to talk about today, Christianity is the most frustrating thing in the world. If all it is is a set of rules that you got to sort of give yourself to without understanding how God has enabled us to live those out, you're going to be frustrated by Christianity, because it we don't make good decisions, but God has a way. Higher than that. I just want to help us sort of get there with this idea of the wrestling we do with good and bad, with choices, and 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 we, we have a hard time. Here, here's one of the, we have a hard time evaluating a circumstance. Now we we have a hard time not seeking immediate satisfi- satisfaction uh, to postpone for a better good, right? We'll take what's there right now. We, I mean, who cares what comes down the road? But here and now I want this, right? That, that's a tenet, that's part of the sinful nature of the ego. Let's, let's watch this little video as a way to help you understand that.: Okay,
1: is that your? I'm going to go do something, and then I'll come back.
0: It smells yummy. It smells really good.
1: You need them.
0: All right, that's kids. That's a marshmallow. We can laugh at it and stuff. It's cute and everything. But but I, I think this opens a window on how we deal with temptation. Right? I mean, the different responses to that. The focusing on the object. Every kid just sat there staring at their marshmallow. Just transfixed on it. And and all the creative ways of not sinning, but sinning. Right? Turned away, but I'm going to squeeze it. Or I'm going to lick it. Or the girl that was eating around the edges. Or the one that at the end was like, screw you, I'm just eating it. Right? See, we, we. That's that's how we deal with temptation, with the good and the bad in our life. the The choice of are we gonna Are we gonna follow God's way? Or are we gonna do it our way? The way Billy Graham used to talk about it is uh, that that there, there's we have two dogs in in our life, a black dog which represents making the wrong choice, and a white dog which represents following God's way. And used to ask the question, which dog are you gonna is gonna win the battle in your life when it comes to making a decision in your obedience? Which dog is gonna win? And his answer was the dog will win that you feed more. Are you feeding the carnal spirit? Your own ideas, your own thoughts. Your here's how we romanticize disobedience. I'm following my heart. I'm following what feels good. It just felt right to me. I I just felt assured in my own spirit. Doesn't that sound just holy?
1: No. We we
0: we follow our own way. We 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 feed the carnal spirit we convince ourselves that our way is better and and we ignore god's way or trivialise god's way oh certainly he didn't mean for that i'm not even sure we follow that part of the bible anymore oh that was that was for then that we live now right over and over we have this way of rationalizing our disobedience and that that is actually prevalent in in american christianity it's It's part of the problem of American Christianity. We have accepted this perverted version of Christianity that says I belong to Christ even though I don't do anything that looks like Christ-like behavior. But to belong to Christ, you must be submitted to Christ. That transaction has to play place. It does. It's not just a magic prayer, it's a stepping into His Word, a stepping into His, a desire to follow Him, and a stepping out of our past life and who we were. We're going to be in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I love the book of Romans. It's my favorite book. Uh, it's it's it 's a treatise by paul it it's it 's basic Christianity written out for us. It can get technical, but once you 've read it and stuff, it just opens up the whole story of God as you begin, Paul starts with the prevenient grace of God, just that that before we even know God, before we 've done one thing before we even know there's a god he 's done everything for us that his presence is out there. we see it all over we see it in creation. We see, it, we see it in, in the, the faces of the people we love. We see it in the little fingerprints of a newborn baby. We, we see it in a sunrise and a sunset. We, there is, God is screaming to us over and over. There has to be something more than just uh, accident and more than just science that's at work. There has to be some divine presence within that. And that divine presence, even though we may not be aware of it, has a great desire to live in relationship with His with His people. And then we move to chapter three, chapter two and three. And but in that relationship, there's a brokenness because His people are are separated from Him because of sin. It's it, it's a little prison that we have that that holds us and pins us and does not allow us to be the full version of who we are and there's no release out of it there's nothing we can do to to uh, to get out on our own there's no act there's no there's no uh, words there's no great big expensive thing we can do nothing we can do to to free ourselves from that prison but because that God who loved us even before we knew him we move into the idea of justifying grace that God who 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 loved us even though we were sinful instead of holding that against us sent his son who gave his life as a sacrifice who died on a cross for us and in so doing canceled the power of sin so that anyone who gives themselves to God, anyone who accepts the sacrifice of Jesus Christ is now made right with God. They're justified by their faith. They are connected in relationship. They now belong to God. The old self is gone. The new self has come. And, and and you would think we could just end it right there. It's Just give yourself to God, your life will be better. Just come on, do it. Just give yourself to God. Paul himself describes the problem with that in chapter 7. He says, I know the things I'm supposed to do. I've I've given my life to God, and I know the things I'm supposed to do. I know the things I'm not supposed to do. But here's the problem. The things I know I'm not supposed to do, and when I try not to do them, I end up doing those things. And the things I know I should do, even though I'm trying, I end up not doing those things. Who, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And it's the human problem. It's, it's the human nature against the sin nature. He ends up by saying, How, who's going to save me? Oh, wretched man that I am. Thanks be to God, I'm saved through Jesus Christ. And we move into chapter 8. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And in chapter 8, we move from the justification of the being made right with God into sanctification, being perfected by God through the presence of the Holy Spirit. That God doesn't just save you from who you, where you are. He picks you up out of the mire and elevates you to become a worthy recipient of His kingdom that magnifies the glory that He has shown upon you. Let's... Let's read together, beginning in verse 5. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you're not controlled by your sinful nature. You're controlled by the Spirit you have. Uh, the Spirit. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. And Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as Jesus raised Christ from the dead, from He will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. This is the Word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. I'm going to go back and sort of work my way through this, okay? So those who are dominated by the sinful nature, think about sinful things. Think of the kids staring at the marshmallow, right? Which dog in your life do you feed? What what disaster do you flirt with in your life? What line do you know you shouldn't cross, but you like to get right up next to it? What, what, what things in your life... What, where are you spending your time and your thoughts? Those who are dominated by the sinful nature will die. The sinful nature. We, this conversion that happens. That's why we call it a conversion it's not just as it's just as i am i'm brought in but be, because of the work of christ and because of the grace of christ i'm taken from just who i am into who he wants me to be right it's it's not i can't continue to think that my way is good enough I can't continue to think that my thoughts and my ideas and my likes and my dislikes and my heart and my spirit and my feelings, that those are more important than God. If you're dominated by the human nature, you're, you're going to be frustrated in Christianity. But if you're controlled by the Spirit, you'll, you're pleasing God. He's going on to say, He goes on to say, if you don't have the Spirit, you can't please God. But then he says, but you have the spirit. He's writing to believers here. And and it's always dangerous to assume that in a congregation, everyone is a believer. So uh, for those of you who aren't believers or who have not yet made that transaction, I invite you to do so. This life that we're talking about, this life that is bigger than who we are, that takes us from uh, the wretchedness of our own decisions, all those bad decisions you've made in your life, all the continued disaster that you continue to employ upon yourself, there's a way above that. There's a way of purpose, meaning, hope, peace, happiness. All of that is available to you. That abundant life Christ has for you, it's as simple as giving yourself over to God. And you, and in doing so, initially you have no idea what that is going to entail. But that willingness is all that God needs. He just needs that crack in order to come in and begin helping you. And if you've made that transaction, you have the Spirit. We we. There's this mystery that surrounds the Holy Spirit. And you can get caught up in the language here. If you don't have the Spirit, you, you, you can't please God. And there's certain factions of churches that will argue that you need a second act of God to receive the Spirit. I don't agree with that. The Trinity is unified just as God is one. If you know Jesus Christ and have received His grace, He's connected you with the Father, and the Father has given you the gift of His Spirit. You have all three. From the moment you said, come into my heart, Jesus, the Spirit was made available to you. It's a gift God gives to all His children. Here's the problem. For a lot of us, we took that gift and stuck it in the closet. And we forgot where we put it. Right? And a gift unopened is worthless. We, in order for you to receive the benefit of the Spirit, you need to open the package to explore what that means, that the Spirit of God lives within you. He goes on to say, this is no ordinary gift. The gift He gave you, the Holy Spirit, is the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. If you're struggling in the willpower to make better decisions in your life, with the willpower to live a life more fully committed, uh, to make more better priority decisions, to love better, to to live better. If you're struggling in that, the trying is only going to frustrate you. But the power of God, the power that can raise Jesus from the dead, that's a lot bigger than any issue you have. That power is already within you. You have everything you need as a believer, as as a follower of Jesus Christ, you have everything you need to live out the Christian life. If you're willing to submit to it, it's there. God's not holding back. There's not some secret carrot that if you get past level A and B and C, He'll give you that at level D. If you power up and get in and do the jailbreak on the game, you did that. That's not necessary. That resonated about five people in this room. <laughs> You don't have to wait for that. You have everything you need as a Christian believer to be successful in the Christian life. The problem is we don't, we, we don't give the Spirit access. We don't give the Spirit permission. This is where submission comes in. This isn't just magic that happens. God's a gentleman. He doesn't, he doesn't come over and just force Himself on us. He, he waits for invitation. And He'll he'll take it at stages. In your life, it needs to be in stages. This is a journey, not a destination. It's not a place where you're going to end up. We're not going to be fully formed in the image of God until Christ returns and makes all things new. But until then, you don't have to settle for who you were. You can continue to become who He wants you to be by submitting to Him. And, the, and, and submission is... It, it, it's it's even foreign language. Well, how do you do that? Well, if if you want to have better habits in your life, if you want to learn discipline, if you want to learn willpower, it's it's something that you have to practice and exercise. And submission to the Spirit is as simple as yielding and giving yourself over. It's a it's a it's a it's by prayer. But God, I I I want to give you more of my life. I don't even know what that means really right now. I know that in this one issue, I'm, I'm 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 wrestling with you, and and I'm still wrestling, and I'm having a hard time getting my mind around this. But God, I want you to know that in my heart, I want to submit to you. Can you continue to work on me? That's submission to the Spirit. You're you're raising the white flag, saying, "I surrender. I, I, I'm not able to do this on my own." God doesn't see that as a sign of weakness. He doesn't see that as, as, oh, well, this one's not even worth the effort. That's that's the opening He's waiting for because in your weakness, He can give His strength. That's what the Spirit does for us. Day after day, moment after moment, second after second. You don't give your life to Christ at, at eight at the altar and then never make any more growth. It's got to, day by day, I want to be closer to Christ tomorrow than I am today. I want to be closer to Christ by confirmation this afternoon than I am right now. By the time I get home, I want to. this This is what submission to the Spirit is. And the more we begin to think and pray this way, the more it becomes the focus of our mind. Can you see how that happens? And now I'm focusing on the Spirit of God. I'm not focusing on the carnal nature. Submitting to the Spirit. He goes on to say, verse 12, can you put this verse up there for me? Verse 12, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Well, why are you harping on this? Well, because authority is is a big thing in this in this concept. Who has authority in your life? Is it you, or is it the things? Is it the temptation, or is it god? because what we, we you are you're submitting somewhere in your life, whether it's to god or not you're you're submitting somewhere, right you're submitting so what are you submitting to? Are you submitting to your your human nature? Is that the thing you're? Are 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 you submitting to the temptations that are in your life, or are you submitting to God? What what Paul is saying is, you have the Spirit of God within you. You have everything you need to live the the Christian life. God has opened the prison of your sin. Sin no longer binds you. You no longer need to dwell there. The door has been flung open. Come out of your cage. Go live the life of the free. You have no obligation to the old life. So quit trying to please it. You have no obligation there. It has no more authority in your life unless you allow it to. Your life now belongs to God. Almighty God. Master Creator God. Holy, magnificent, wonderful God. Alpha, Omega, beginning and end God, to which there He answers to no one and no, no one or nothing has authority over Him. You belong to Him and He says you're free. Therefore, you have no obligation to your sinful nature. What voice are you going to listen to? The voice in your head? The voice in your ego? Or the voice of Scripture? of your heavenly Father. That verse about, uh, about abundant life, it's preceded by the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I've come to give you life and give it to you abundantly. The enemy of God would like nothing more than you for you to just continue to try to submit to the, the, your human side and think that's good enough. Because that's going to kill you. It's going to steal your, your meaning and purpose. And it's going to destroy you eventually. But God has a higher ideal. His submission is not going to push you down. It's going to raise you up because you become more like Him. And the benefits of His kingdom are going to begin to be expressed in you. And He talks about and, and just as Christ died with for you, you can be raised to life with Him. He's not just talking about after you die, you get to go to heaven. He's talking about here and now, you can have a new life. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to, your, to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. I need you to read this with me. So that I want, to, I, I want you leaving with this in your head. Join me. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. One more time with passion this time. (laughs) Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. You don't owe your old life anything. Don't, Don't stay locked in your prison. The door's open. And I know it's more comfortable in there and you've made a home there and your favorite blanket's in there and you're used to the smell in there and everything else. But come out in the light. Leave your prison behind you. Live in the freedom God has for you. And I just want to end with this. I, if, if it was as simple as hearing these words and agreeing with me, then we'd all be doing it and be wonderful. You just, we walk out of here and go, okay, I'm committed to God now. We know that's not going to work. Because there's more to it than that. But you can we can take a step today that begins a trend that becomes a, a long journey at the end of our life.
1: Why don't you bow with me?
0: God, this is hard for us. The submission thing is hard. And, and oftentimes we've been taught to to follow our own inclinations. And we misread and take things out of context. Like, you can do whatever you want and you can be whatever you want to be, but God, that's not following Your will and Your desires for us. The life You have for us is so much better than anything we could have on our own. And the enemy keeps telling us lies and we tell ourselves lies and it continues to destroy us. But God, you don't answer to anyone. No one has authority over you. And you say we belong to you. you. You say that we're your children. You say that your love will never leave us, that there's nothing in all of creation that can separate us from your love. And so, God, instead of listening to our ego or the voice of the enemy, we're going to listen to your voice. And we want to hear it more clearly and recognize it more quickly. And in order to do that, would you give us a hunger for your word? Not just for knowledge, God, but to hear your voice. As a loving father speaking to us as children, we... We want to read scripture with that heart.
1: Would you transform
0: our prayers from from lists of things that we want or want to see into a into a seeking of deeper
1: relationship and growth? And God, would you Would you
0: transform the lives of discipleship, our lives as Christians? Would you take those from being about what we want into what glorifies
1: you and furthers your kingdom? And we pray that in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.